Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 13, Kshetra Kshetragna Vibhag Yoga, Yoga of the Field and its Noor. So far we have discussed up to verses 19, where Bhagavan has responded to Arjuna's initial question in verse number 1, where he said, I would like to know what is Prakriti and what is Purusha. What is Kshetra and what is Kshetra Gna? And what is knowledge, Gnanam? And what is Gnayam? What is ought to be known, the object of my knowledge. So Bhagavan said in verse 19 that I have described to you in brief what is Kshetra and what is Kshetra Gna. I also explained to you in brief what is knowledge and what is to be known. Knowing this, my devotee will come to me. In other words, having clear understanding of these concepts, my devotee will become aware of his real self and then will transfer this identification which he has with this lower being as this body, mind and intellect to the Supreme Self which is all-pervading, all-knowing, ever in bliss. So the, from verse 2 through 7, the six verses gave us the definition of the field. And to our surprise, we thought that the field of my action is this world outside, and I, the BMI, the body, mind, and intellect, is the doer, the knower of the field. Bhagavan clarified that no, your body is the field. Idam shariram kaunteya, itikshetra. This body is the field. And that included all the modifications of my emotions and thoughts. All of that is world of my being as the field, the world of matter, the prakriti. The one who knows this field, one who knows this is my body, this is my mind, this is my intellect, this is the world around me, that's the knower of the field. And we have seen that the knower of the field is the consciousness in us which makes all the senses to function and make me aware of myself and the world around me. So verses 8 to 12 discussed the knowledge, the, all the qualities which will get me out of this identification with my body, mind and intellect, which is driven by the ego, starting from Amanitvam, Adambhitvam, to in the verse 12, Tattvagnana Arthadarshanam, knowing what is the end of my journey to identify with the 
supreme self tatvagnana artha darshanam when i see the light at the end of the tunnel and see that oh that's my real self is these qualities which are described from verse 8 to 12 bhagwan considered that as knowledge because those qualities are born out of the purification of my mind and intellect through the upasanas and all the sadhanas that i do in life that i purify my mind and intellect so i get rid of all the layers which are stopping me to see the reality as is which is manitvam dambhitvam my pride my show off my ego all that when it is purified by my sadhanas and upasanas the i will become worthy of seeing the world as is myself as is so bhagwan said this attributes are the knowledge that will lead you to the knowledge of the brahman in verse 13 we have seen that bhagwan says nava will tell you what is to be known knowing which you shall attain immortality once i know that i am not this limited body limited mind limited intellect i become immortal because everything which is perishable i'll take my identification away from that immortality is something which i already have it is praptasya prapti it is gaining something which i already have myself is immortal but i consider it to be mortal because of my identification with this body mind and intellect this body is perishable we learned that in chapter 2 as long as i identify with this body i will consider myself to be perishable therefore i am a mortal being one who identifies with this perishable body mind and intellect is mortal because there is a death for this body just as it has the birth so bhagwan said that i will now declare to you so in verse 13 he said i will declare to you what is to be known which is your real self your true self having known that you shall achieve immortality that beginningless supreme brahman is your true self that all pervading self is the supreme reality there is none other reality than the supreme self that self is no different than yourself but that self is neither a being not a non being so from verse 14 onward till 18 bhagwan has given us the indication of what is the nature of yourself our own self and say that self is neither a being nor a non being all the hands and mouths and legs and eyes and ears in this universe are his legs and mouths and ears and eyes and ears it is the light of all the knowledge and all the senses but it does not have any senses it is devoid of any senses this contradictory explanation is given to us for us to contemplate on the real nature of the self that self which is my own self but i have right now forgotten the identity 
with that self and therefore I'm identified with this limited self and have become jivatma, the limited conditioned self. So now Bhagavan said that I have explained to you all the knowledge, the knowable, knowing which thou shall enter my being. You will become as immortal as my real self is. Now verse 20 onwards, now it explains the field and the knower of the field together makes our entire jagat, our world. So verse 20 says, Prakritim purusam cha eva vidhi anadi ubhau api. Both the prakriti and purusha are beginningless. It's not that the matter has a beginning and it will end. Now from our perspective we do see the beginning end of the matter. You have an ice. Ice came into being at one point of time. Then ice will cease to exist when it melts back into the water. However, the basic ingredients which make a matter what it is, is beginningless. There is no destruction for that. We have learnt in our modern day physics that the energy and matter just transform from one to the another, but the total amount of energy remains same in the universe. So from that perspective also, this matter is beginningless. In other words, there is no birth or death. There is no beginning or the end. And the Purusha is also beginningless. So both the Prakriti and Purusha are beginningless because they are part of the Ishwara, the Creator. Brahman with his quality of Maya becomes Ishwara. When Brahman creates this universe out of his own self, by his Maya, he becomes Ishwara. This Prakriti and Purusha are the two aspects of the Ishwara. And because Ishwara is beginningless, Prakriti and Purusha both are beginningless also. Vikaramscha gunamscha eva vidhi prakriti sambhavan. But know that all these modifications of the qualities which you see in this world, these myriads of forms and colors and happenings you see in this world are because of the Prakriti. So what is the cause for this constantly changing world which I live in? Is the Prakriti. Prakriti, the manifest world, is bound by cause and effect relationship. Nothing remains same because constantly the outside factors are applied on that thing or a being. You leave a stone in the flowing water. Stone not doing anything will gradually get smoothened by the flowing water. Stone itself is not doing anything, but the outside influence on it will smoothen all the rough edges of that stone and make it smooth. In this world, everything we see is bound by the cause and effect relationship. What I am today is because of what I did in the past. So my actions in the past is a cause for the present state of my being. Karya karana kartrutve hetuhu prakritihi uchyade. So in verse 21, Bhagavan says, in the production of the effect and the cause, prakriti 
is said to be the cause. It is the very nature of the prakriti to have this interaction among the things and beings which create this constantly changing sansar. My world does not remain same because when I don't remain same. My emotions are changing, my actions will be changing, my desires will be changing. What I desired two years ago, I don't desire that anymore. I want something different. So my actions in this world, no matter how insignificant I think I am, but every moment I live and act in this world, I change this world forever. What I did today will change the tomorrow of this world. And so is applicable to all the things and beings in this world. So this cause and effect relationship is continues to create new situations, new forms, new colors, new shapes in this world, which makes this world a constantly changing sansar, some sarati iti sansar, which is constantly changing. And Bhagavan says it is the very nature of the manifest prakriti to create this cause and effect relationship. Purusha sukhadukkhanam However, these changes are felt by the Purusha. My body is changing, but I feel it in my mind. I am not as strong as I used to be when I was young. And who realizes that? My mind. My body just tries to do what I used to do before, and it cannot perform what I think it should perform. And then my mind realizes that, oh, my body is weak now because I'm older. So the enjoyer or the sufferer of these changes is the Purusha. Sukha Dukha, whether I'm experiencing a pleasure because of the situation I'm experiencing or I'm feeling pain of the situation is felt by the Purusha, the consciousness in me. Now, this Purusha is not the Paramatma. The Paramatma is unconditioned Purusha. This Purusha is experiencing the happiness and unhappiness. Joys and sorrows is the conditioned Purusha. This almighty, all-pervading Purusha, when identifies with this body, mind and intellect, it becomes ego. And it experiences all the limitations of the body, mind and intellect. And therefore he becomes the enjoyer and the sufferer of all the happenings in this world of its own being. So once this Purusha becomes identified with this Prakriti, which is my body, my mind, my intellect, which is the field of its experiences, he becomes the knower of this field. I am the knower of my body. I am the knower of my mind. And I am the knower of my intellect. At this level, I consider myself this limited being which is expressed as my ego. Aham kartru ahankar. I am the doer. When I identify with the field, and develops attachment with that field, I become the doer. And then depending on what I have experienced, 
it will take me to the next state of existence. So the next verse says, Purushaha prakritisthahi bhangte prakritihi jan guna karadam gunasango sya sat asat yoni janmasu. This Purusha is seated in prakriti. My consciousness seated in my heart, in my body, in my mind, in my intellect experiences the qualities born of my prakriti, limitations and abilities of my body, limitations and abilities of my mind, limitations and abilities of my intellect. My ego is now identified with all the things which I can do and things which I cannot do. Things which I want but I cannot get or things which I want, I am pursuing to achieve that happiness. So this Purusha seated in this body, he experiences all the experiences I am experiencing through my senses. Karanam gunasangosya sat asat yoni janmaso. So now we come to the question, how did I end up in this situation? We ask this question all the time. Well, it was a disadvantaged situation. Therefore, you know, in United States, we have this equal opportunity law, or at least the system, where we say that some people are born into disadvantaged situations, and therefore they should be given more facilities to make progress. Because it's not my fault that I was born in a disadvantaged situation. Now, that's a very noble thing to do at our level of the worldly interactions. However, when it comes to my own self-knowledge, my situation, whether it is advantaged or disadvantaged, I am the cause for that situation. So, Bhagavan says, Karanam gunasango asya sat asat yoni janmasu where I have taken birth in this life was because of my attachment with those qualities in the past life. Assuming we all believe in the life before this life and life after this life. That how I came into this situation in this life is what I was attached to, what I liked and what I wanted to achieve in the last life but could not achieve it because of the limitations of the body in that last life. That attachment brought me to this level and taking the birth again with a new body which has the ability to achieve that. And that also will lead me to my next birth. So whether it will be a good situation will I be born into or not so good situation, sat asat, a good or evil situation, that will be decided by my attachment to the gunas in this life. If I want to become a musician and then I change my place from India to USA, no matter what somebody says, when I come here, the first thing I try to find out is who creates the good music here, who are the musicians, what is the opportunities I may have to perform my music. So, even though I have changed their place, 
my tendencies have remained the same and therefore I'll be seeking the environment which is most conducive for me even though I change the country. Same way when I change this body to the another body in the next life, I will be seeking the opportunities which I was looking in this world, this life, but was not available to me or at least unfulfilled at the time of my death. So Bhagavan said, this attachment to the quality is the cause for the situation in the next life. And we'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om